Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. God, thank you that we are here today. Thank you. Um, thank you that we have a day to remember our mums. And I just pray this morning that you would be with us, that this would bring life to our mums, and that this would inspire all of us to love them um, a little bit more with every day. Amen. Um, so in preparation for this, I did what every good mother does these days. Uh, I went online and Googled for um, what I should do. <laughs> um, and I found this really, really helpful guide to being a mum in 2019. It said this. It says, how to be a mum in 2019. Make sure your children's academic, emotional, psychological, mental, spiritual, physical, nutritional, and social needs are met, while being careful not to overstimulate understimulate, improperly medicate, helicopter or neglect them in a screen-free, processed foods-free, GMO-free, negative energy-free, plastic-free, body-positive, socially conscious, egalitarian but authoritative, nurturing but fostering of independence, gentle but not overly permissive, pesticide-free, two-storey, multilingual home, preferably in a cul-de-sac with a back garden, and 1.5 siblings spaced at least two years apart for proper development. And don't forget about the coconut oil. So if you're here today and you're doing that, then um, we, you can forget all the gifts and things that we've got you to take away because I will personally buy you a medal. Um, because, oh my goodness. And when Hannah asked me if I would speak on, um, on Mother's Day, I must admit inside I laughed quite a lot. Uh, I bring with me a whole 20 months of mothering experience. I'm very aware that there's a lot of people sat in front of me who have years, if not decades, more mothering experience than me. And probably a lot more children. You are wildly more outnumbered than I am at present, though I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> So here's what today isn't going to be. Today isn't going to be a how-to preach on the best way to be a mum because I can absolutely guarantee that I would regret that talk for the rest of my life. So we're not going to do that. But I hope that today um, is going to be a space to be honest and share about the reality of mothering, to talk about mothers and to reflect actually on how grateful we are for our mums. So this morning, if you are a mum, I hope that this speaks to your soul. I hope that it um, unveils a little aspect of your reality to people around you. And if you're here and you're not a mum, I hope that this morning invites you to live a life of gratitude towards the mums in your life. That goes beyond the cards and the gifts and the lunch that they might get today, but actually spurs you on to think about what does it look like to live that gratitude out day to day to day beyond today's celebrations. Because I think there is a lot of pressure on mums to get it right, to be all singing, all dancing, to have the flawless, perfect family, the flawless kids, and flawless, wrinkle-free skin at the same time. <laughs> and one of the things that constantly makes me laugh is... Um, can we skip on a few slides, Levi? Is... Uh, I, like, I quite like looking at uh, the baby food and toddler food that people put on Instagram. And I'm in awe of what I see on Instagram. I've got an example for you. Oh, my word, look at this. Nutritional, biological, um, 
artistic treat on a plate, on an environmentally friendly plate, I might add. I do, I, like, I laugh, but I am genuinely impressed by any mother that can pull this off, because this is not my reality. This is my reality. <laughs> uh, and actually, do you know what? The, this is still the airbrush version of my reality. And this is the super cute version of my reality. There are no photos of the moments that I'm picking up the phone to my mum in tears as I'm in an epic standoff with my daughter to just try and get something down her throat as our kitchen is strewn with the debris of the food that I've attempted to cook for her. Those moments are real. This is the cute image of that. I think in a world of Instagram and Google searches, the quest for doing motherhood right has possibly never actually been more stressful. Do you co-sleep or do you sleep train? Attachment parenting or do you do Gina Ford-style routines? Do you bottle feed or do you breastfeed? Do you stay at home or do you go back to work? Do you send your kids to state school or private school? Should you be your kid's best friend or should you be their parent? It's your choice, but ultimately, here's the reality, you're probably doing it wrong. Because <laughs> if there's one thing we can be sure of in our culture, it's that motherhood is a competition. <laughs> and we're all judging each other, and you're probably getting it wrong, and at all costs, you have to keep up appearances to look the best that you can be. It's absolutely exhausting. <laughs> and I just wonder if there might be something better. <laughs> So we're going to reflect a little bit today on what the Bible might have to offer, if there's any hope in the midst of all this. And since becoming a mum, I've developed a bit of a fascination with Mary, who was Jesus' mum. I love what the Bible tells us about her, and I love what the Bible doesn't tell us about her. So we know that she was there in the Gospels from before Jesus was born, through his childhood, all the way through his adulthood, right up to the moment that he dies on a cross. And then beyond that, we know that she is at the start of Acts at the launch of the church. The Bible tells us that much. What it forgets to mention pretty much at any point is the hours and hours and hours of love and nurture and feeding and cleaning up the bodily fluids of the divine almighty <laughs> that she has done for years and years and years. So we're going to have a quick look at Mary this morning, this woman who loved as her own. He was her own, the son of God, but knew all along that his life was bigger than her. So uh, I'm going to invite Joe up to do our reading. The reading is of the moment that Mary discovered she was going to be the mother of Jesus. Okay, so Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. You, you, sorry, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end." 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I love Mary's reaction. That seems quite relaxed. I feel like if it was me, it would look a little bit more like this. <laughs> and uh, I will apologise at this point. The presence of pictures of cats and memes in, the, in this uh, sermon is a direct result of 20 months of sleeplessness. This is the level I've reached. Um, wow, can you imagine having that moment? Goodness. But I think probably... I can pretty much guarantee this is uh, quite unlikely to happen to any of us. But I think there are some things that we can draw from this passage that can show us what real motherhood in the midst of this shiny, perfect, Instagram, pressurised world. So first of all, I think what this passage shows us is that motherhood is diverse. The journey to being a mum and the journey of being a mum is a beautiful mishmash of colour and age and creativity. I dare say Mary's journey into motherhood was one of a kind. I think it's unlikely that many of us here were visited by angels and told that we were going to have the Son of God as our child. I'm pretty confident to bank on that. But actually, we do represent a variety of routes into motherhood. For some of us, we became mothers through giving birth. For some of us, we became mothers when we opened our homes and our hearts to children to adopt them, to foster them, to love them, to bring them into our homes. Some of us are never mums with a legal status on paper, but actually we live our lives pouring out love and nurture in a mothering way to those around us. Some of us are mums who return to our workplaces, but some of us are mums for whom our homes become our full-time workspace. Some of, us are, some of our kids are toddlers. Some of our kids have toddlers. Some of us organise organic meals from scratch and serve them on environmentally friendly plates. Others of us have developed a special and intimate relationship with the McDonald's drive-thru hour. (laughs) But actually, do you know what? In the midst of all that diversity and creativity, we're all united by one thing. We are driven by a love for our child that seeks to bring the best of life into them. The journey of motherhood is diverse and colourful and creative. It's as diverse and colourful and creative as the number of trees on the planet, the number of species of animals. And that is a good thing that God has allowed to happen on purpose. And I think it's actually important as we acknowledge that diversity of motherhood to acknowledge that for some of us here today, we're not mums. There are women in this room who aren't mums. For some of us, that's a choice, and a choice that, frankly, we're pretty fed up of having to justify and answer for as we go through our lives. For others of us, that isn't a choice. It's a painful reality that we face day by day, whether that is by miscarriage or loss or infertility or lack of opportunity. Actually, there are members of our community and in our community in Romsey for whom today is incredibly painful. And I want to say, if you are here today and you have dragged yourself here, teeth gritted, that thank you for being with us. We're glad you're here. 
And we're glad that you would choose to be in community with us. And our hope and our prayer is that in the midst of this, you would know that you are one of us and you are loved. Um, And we want to stand with you in the reality of that. Because the reason today is hard is one of the things that our passage talks about. Because motherhood is a blessing. And there are members of our community who probably know that more than any others, and those are the ones who so desperately long for it but do not have it. Because motherhood is a blessing. And sometimes we forget to mention that. (laughs) But when the angel appeared to Mary, he said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. I think that highly favoured is about the fact that she's about to uh, bear the Son of God, but also about the fact that she is going to be a mum. When I was a pregnant, when I was pregnant, I discovered something fascinating about the world's population, which was not my favourite discovery. There is a hobby that unites a good proportion of the world's population, and that is tormenting pregnant women with horror stories. The number of terrifying labour stories and sinister warnings to watch as much Netflix now as I possibly could, for I would never watch it again, uh, and uh, tales of sleeping now, you'll never sleep another wink. Um, for some people, that seemed to be, give them genuine joy to share those moments of horror with a woman who was approaching having a baby. But in amongst those delightful little moments were these little gems where I would encounter parents and grandparents for whom the joy of being a parent would just gush out of them as they would tell me in delight about what lay ahead of me. And I remember um, having our very own Tracy Norbury, who heads up our kids' work, round for lunch um, in a few months after Phoebe was born. And I was finding it really hard. And I remember her looking out the window at her three-year-old son playing in the garden and just grinning at me and saying, do you know what? It just keeps getting better. And thinking in that moment, oh, wow. (laughs) Thank goodness. Do you know, God calls Mary highly favoured. It's a blessing to be a mum. It's a blessing to see this life that we get to invest in and nurture and grow, to see this person flourishing, to discover the aspects of their personality. We know it's a blessing because those of us who are parents have phones that are crammed full of photos that nobody else would ever want to look at, but we have thousands of the things from every moment they smell something new or do something new. The Bible is filled with stories from Sarah to Hannah to Rachel to Naomi and Ruth that shout and sing about the blessing that it is to be a mum. Sometimes in the middle of life, um, the reality of being a mum kind of drives that out of our head. But I think it's important on Mother's Day that we take a space as mums and of those who know mums to say, do you know what, this is amazing. Isn't it amazing? And not only is it a blessing to be a mum, but my goodness, aren't mums a blessing to us? If you ever want to hang out with some mums, I can tell you the location and the time to find yourself a lot of mums, particularly mums of newborns. Go to the Ikea cafe in the morning. (laughs) They are all there. Genuinely, hundreds and hundreds of mums. Um, And uh, some of the planning for this talk I did in the Ikea cafe, um, just surrounded by these mums. I had fabulous conversations because I just figured I should probably try and talk to some. Um, Amazing conversation with a mum of a 10-week-old baby, just listening to the journey she'd been through of the neonatal unit and the loss of a child before this baby and just listening to her talk about being a mum now and this child that she had. And I also managed to uh, interrupt the coffee of a group of older ladies and I thought, why not ask them what they would want to say to a mum on Mother's Day? 
funny thing is, they pretty much didn't answer my question, which was slightly unhelpful. Um, they pretty much all replied to the question by saying what they would want to say to their mother this Mother's Day. So one of them said, thank you for making me who I am today. Another said, she was always there when I needed her. And one of them, for whom I imagine today is actually incredibly painful, as it might be for some of us, because she'd recently lost her mum, said, appreciate your mum for every minute that you've got her. At the very end of his life, as Jesus was on the cross, in agony, in pain and dying, one of the final things he used the last of his energy for was to make sure that his mum was taken care of. Standing at the bottom of the cross was his mother, Mary. She was watching the son whose nappies she had changed, who she had fed for years, whom she had nurtured, watching him die upon a cross in agony. Stood next to her was Jesus' best friend. And with Jesus' last breaths, he said to his best friend, this is my mum, now she's your mum. He said, take care of my mum. Jesus loved his mum. Because mums are a blessing. Not only are you blessed mums, you are a blessing. And I think often we forget to say it. We miss the many millions of ways that we are blessed by our mums. But today we say thank you. And we commit today to finding the ways to live that thank you beyond giving the cards. (laughs) My mum's here today. She's great. And she still takes care of me a lot more now than she even had to when I was younger, I think. Um, And you know what? There's a reason we're especially grateful to our mums. And that's because of the reality that motherhood is costly. It seems pretty appropriate that I wrote this talk after about a month of the world's most horrific bedtimes with my daughter. Um, Basically, nightly, it's been about an hour to an hour and a half of screaming and crying. Mainly her, not solely her. Um, (laughs) just to try and get her to sleep. Um, And I've got to say, I'm not looking forward to tonight with the clock change. I will say the clock change was definitely not invented by a mother. Um, (laughs) It's been really, really tough. And I remember when I first became a mum, it seemed that some of the mums around me were kind of gliding in this glowing grace into the world of motherhood with absolute poise and dignity, while I was sliding bum-first on a trail of snot into a pile of tissues. I can honestly say I have never done anything more brutally painful, more costly, more exhausting, more overwhelming, more unending than being a mother. Motherhood is the daily, quiet embodiment of the truth of the gospel that sacrifice to ourselves brings life in others. When Jesus came, he came to sacrifice himself and his life that we might have life with God forever. He died on a cross so that we could live forever. And actually, I feel like God has placed into creation in the act of motherhood that model, that image, that reminder, day by day by day around us, that we have been loved in that way, we are being loved in that way. Whether it is the sleepless hours of the baby phase, the endless nose wiping, the patient loving response to another toddler tantrum when all you want to do is scream and cry yourself, that moment at 9.30 at night as you think you've just made it out of your teenager's bedroom so that you can go and put your feet up and they want to have a deeper, meaningful chat... Those hours in the rain on the edge of a sports pitch when all you want to be is at home with a coffee, but you know your child wants you to see them play. 
Relearning French to help your child with their GCSEs when you swore you would never touch another French book again in your life. It's one million and one tiny, painful decisions to sacrificially love, to lay down your life, your needs, your time, your energy, all that you are, to nurture life in another person. And Mary did this. See, from the very beginning, Mary knows that her child's life is going to cost her. When the wise men turn up, up at her door, they bring gold and frankincense, kind of nice, and myrrh. Myrrh is to embalm a dead body, probably not the gift you want at your baby shower for your child. In Luke 2, we hear a story where there's a prophecy, a word from God given to Mary that a sword will pierce her very soul. Motherhood is going to hurt. She's going to watch the death of her child. And I wonder if when the angel appears, beyond needing to calm Mary down, because it's pretty flipping terrifying when an angel appears, these words of do not be afraid speak into a bigger truth for Mary, that there's an acknowledgement that what she is being called into, what she is walking into, is going to be really, really hard. It's going to be tough, and she has every reason to be afraid. Because while it's a blessing, that doesn't necessarily make it easy. It may be that you're here as a mum and you are on a high today because this morning you have had breakfast in bed, you've been showered with gifts, you've been given a lion to make up for the loss of that hour overnight. It could be one of those things. But actually maybe you're here today and you're knackered. You're exhausted because life is just constantly giving, constantly draining. And you know that, frankly, the minute that I stop talking and the minute you leave here, you go back to that lifestyle of giving and giving and giving for the next 18 years. Motherhood is costly. <laughs> At least. Yeah, we've got pa pa parents whose, whose kids didn't get the memo. Um, <laughs> motherhood is costly. It's costly to our bodies. It's costly to our souls. It's costly to our time. And, so, and it's costly to our pride, isn't it? So often we get things wrong and we have to pick up the pieces because we haven't done it well. And most of the time these costs are hidden. They're unnoticed. They're unacknowledged. And they are unending. The act of giving life through love, being death to self for another, it's the embodiment of the gospel, and it can be incredibly painful to be a mum. But it is seen. Mary was a young, unmarried girl in a culture where getting pregnant without being married was actually incredibly dangerous. She was likely to be socially ostracised for it, if not killed. Her, she's facing having a life entrusted to her of monumental significance. She's going to have the Son of God at his most vulnerable, most needy. She's facing years and years of nurturing and loving a child who she knows is called to a destiny that's going to hurt. And in that terrifying scenario, God doesn't only say, you are blessed. He doesn't only say, don't be afraid. He doesn't say, get on with it. He says, the Lord is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Mums, while it may often feel like it, you're not unseen. You're not overlooked. You're not unnoticed or underappreciated. God is with you. In those moments where you have to drag yourself out of bed for the fifth time in the middle of the night and 
there's no one else around. God is with you. When you have desperately locked the door to the toilet so that you can have just 10 seconds of peace and your kids are banging on it trying to get in, God is with you. When you are hiding in the cupboard sneaking that chocolate bar because you need the sugar but you don't want your kids to know, God is with you. When your heart is overcome with the joy of seeing your child thrive, God is with you. When you are laughing so hard your sides might split because your child has just told their first joke and it's actually funny, God is with you. Or when you've hit that wall of exhaustion and despair and you do not think you have anything left to give, God is with you and God understands. We often only refer to God as Father. Now, Jesus called God Father. I think it's good that we call God Father and right that we do. But sometimes in the midst of calling God Father and recognising that Jesus came as a man and referring to the Holy Spirit as a he, sometimes as women and as mothers, we can start to wonder what our experience has to do with God. Does God really get it? But actually, if you look in the Bible, there are so many places where God is referred to in the image of a mother. We have a God who understands what it is to be a mum. We have a God who birthed the world into being. He knows what it is to give life and then to be delighted in that life, to see it, to learn it, to discover it, to see it grow. If God had a camera phone, it would be filled with mundane photos of what you and I do that nobody else would care about, but he thinks are the best things ever. God is a God who knows what it is like to be incessantly needed by his children. God is a God who knows what it's like to give and give and give to those needs and for it to be overlooked and rejected and turned away from. God is a God who has to watch his children make decisions that hurt them and see them in pain and love them through those circumstances. God knows what it is to be a mother. And so, mums, whether you are a biological mum, an adopted mum, mums in how you love other people and nurture those around you, mums who have lost children, mums in your heart, but not in the reality of your circumstance, mums of grown-up kids, of babies, of teenagers who today brought you breakfast in bed, but yesterday didn't even want to acknowledge your existence, mums who are feeling full of life, or mums who are wondering how to go on. Our prayer today is that you may know this. You are seen, you are loved, you are known by a God who knows what it is like to be a mum. And by a God who says to you, as the angel said to Mary, you are blessed, do not be afraid, I am with you. And today as a whole church, we want to gather here with you and we want to choose this moment to come together and say thank you. Thank you for who you are and for what you do. Thank you for what you give. Thank you for how you show us every day, endlessly, what the good news of the gospel means, day in and day out. Thank you for being our mums. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the mums in our midst. We thank you that you know our mums here intimately. We pray that today you would bless them you would refresh them, and that you would spur us on as your people and your church to love and support our mums as they follow this call that you have given to them. Amen.
For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.